Welcome to Labyrinth, the official podcast of the Friedrich Nietzsche Society, where we discuss recent work on Nietzsche with Nietzsche scholars. I'm Dr. Vanessa Urkel, and in this episode, we talk to Professor Martina Pranger on her years with Nietzsche. Members of the Friedrich Nietzsche Society can enjoy the full one-hour episode on our website. Please visit www.fns.org.uk for more details. We'll now go to the interview. We hope you enjoy this episode. Okay, we are joined by Dr. Martina Prang today. Um, Martina Pranger is full professor of philosophy of humanity, culture and society at Tilburg University's Department of Philosophy and has been since 2016, chair of the philosophy of humanity, culture and ethics research group and coordinator of the master track philosophy of humanity and culture. Educated as a philosophy of art, humanity and culture with a specialization in Nietzsche's musical aesthetics and philosophy of culture, Martina also conducted comparative research into Kant's political and Nietzsche's aesthetic cosmopolitanism and interdisciplinary PPS-driven research into the philosophy of sports, for which Martina received three NWO research grants. Presently, Martina's work focuses on parasia, critique and media in post-truth times. And today we're going to talk about um, Martina's years with Nietzsche. So thank you so much for joining me today, Martina. Thank you for inviting um, me. Yeah. No worries. So I usually start with this question last, but with you, I want to begin with it. So um, what got you interested in Nietzsche? Wow. Um, <laughs> the French philosophers, Bataille, I think. Yeah. It must have started there. I was first interested in postmodern philosophy. And then, of course, uh, via them, I met, so to speak, Nietzsche. But I also recall that I was 18 when I f- bought my first Nietzsche book. And wow. I think I was sort of in between two studies. I mean, I was studying for, yeah, yeah. I, was, uh, I first did uh, the Academy of Sports. But I already knew, actually, that I wanted to study philosophy when I had um, read uh, Plato's Phaedo in high school with Greek. Wow. Um, but yeah, I was already, uh, I had already been admitted to that school. Uh, but I quit that school uh, and then I went to play football in Belgium, where I uh, also started my studies. Uh, yeah, then I <laughs> got back to Amsterdam. And then because I like postmodern philosophy so much, and they did that more in Rotterdam, I went to Rotterdam. And mm-hmm. there um, um, I started reading Nietzsche with my teacher, Henk Oosterling, who uh, was um, with whom I followed a course on the gay science. And that is also what I uh, much later wrote my, uh, what we call, is it called doctoral dissertation or just graduation thesis, I suppose? Yeah. It is called. But that was also published as a book 
in uh, in Dutch, which is uh, officially the first monograph on Nietzsche's gay science. It was published in two thousand five, but I had written it in two thousand two. Wow, that's amazing! After a football career and switching here and there, etc., I finished my studies rather late, at the age of thirty two. Although I had started studying philosophy when I was uh, 18 or something, or 19. Wow. Uh, and um, <clears throat> so, yeah, that was published. It was called uh, In Praise of the Mediterranean, uh, The Gay Science Between North and South. And in that book, I, um, um, I try to understand Nietzsche's gay science from the perspective of his life in Italy. Um, yeah. Anyway, and I could only see that really in the book when I had uh, lived in the south myself in Turkey. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. And then I went when I came back. I I started. I I reread the Gay Science, and then it it really hit me like, wow! It it was a life changing event for him to to go to Italy and experience a very different country, uh, and to. Um, yeah, go on a grand tour in a, but a very small grand tour in this case, uh, and and it was really his uh, his aim to change himself. And I had experienced a similar change by being in in Turkey. It was such a different culture, and it was so warm and welcoming and loving. And um, yeah, it was really I couldn't read. You know, Nietzsche says somewhere that we shouldn't read books, but. Maybe, you know, throw the book, books away, you know, and learn from life. <laughs> and that was exactly what I did when I was in Turkey. And I then I, it also got me back to, to philosophy because I, I felt that I, I, I really understood what Nietzsche was saying there. Mm-hmm. So his vitalism, basically. Uh, and um, it was also after reading Nietzsche, I, I was in a kind of philosophical crisis because I felt like this is it. I, I, I couldn't read anything else anymore or yeah. do anything else anymore. It was, it was it, yeah. So then I, I played football in Turkey and I came <laughs> back and I returned to my studies. Yeah, in the end. Yeah, oh, so that was uh, how it started actually. Yeah, with Bataille, I think Bataille's book on Nietzsche is still very good. Yes, that's a- uh, Also, Lou Salome's book on Nietzsche is very good, I think. And you've read and, those uh, both? before before yes, turning yeah, to nature yeah yeah, yeah. Amazing. Uh, no salome i think i only read salome's book when i was writing my graduation thesis i suppose or maybe even my uh, dissertation my phd dissertation i don't recall i just know that these are the these are the books that i still recommend to my students because i think they're still very excellent they're amazing yes and um from what i've read of bataille it definitely changed him as well he had a very visceral experience of reading nietzsche um which is what you just described as well so that's amazing was the gay science the first book you read by nietzsche oh um i i I had tried the Zaratustra before so i had read it but probably not understood anything i'm not even sure i tried to understand it It was (laughs) just that i tried to enjoy it yeah for some reason i really loved the gay science a lot Mm -hmm. yeah so that was i had also uh read already beyond good and evil yeah but um which i think is is a very good 
introduction, so to speak, to Nietzsche is more accessible. But yeah, the gay science is is really my my biggest love, so to speak. Oh, it's not, what what maybe not what made you though. fall in love with the gay science? What's the major theme? Although, well, first the language, obviously, the poetical yeah. language, this whole idea that you uh, as he says that it's written in the language of the Tao Mint. I, I'm not sure what the English word is. Maybe you remember from the preface, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and that because he's becoming warmer and that he's leaving the winter behind, etc. The whole is these high spirits. It's a, it's a book written in, in really high and joyful spirits, especially the fourth book. Uh, that's what appeals to me very much. That's the first thing. And content-wise, I would say the fact that they really tries to marry knowledge and life there, mm-hmm. and, and knowledge and joy uh, and seeing life as joyful. <clears throat> I mean, I now understand that Nietzsche was really depressed and mm-hmm. I understand now what depression is. <coughs> I'm, sh- I'm quite sure I didn't really understand, understood it before, what it really means. It's not just being a bit off or something. It was a complete, becoming a completely different personality yeah. in a way. And uh, I think that, that he finally got out of a deep depression and that is reflected in, in his hope, you know, this, this grand hope that he speaks of, these high hopes that we would say, I suppose, in English, but he calls it great hope mm-hmm. and this lust for life. He, he wants to live so much, you know, and, and I think that he hardly ever achieved that, which is so tragic. It is, his life, yeah. his life is so tragic. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I, there's so many things that appeal to me, actually. And, and um, I was also uh, interested in, in how his interest in music and Europe reflected back also into, into, um, into the gay science, although it's not extremely obviously there. I was also very interested in what he did with Weimar classicism, mm-hmm. uh, his, his love of Goethe, uh, and um, yeah, the fact that it was the book was written in Genoa, which he calls the South. I'm not sure you've ever been to Genoa, but Genoa is certainly not a southern city. Oh wow! Compared to the south of Italy, yeah, it's really a northern a northern Italian city. It's, huh. uh, but of course, if you come from Rücken and Naumburg, then yeah, a Genoa is something. <laughs> It has a harbor, for example, and a sea. Um, so I understand that Nice and, and Genoa were, yeah, an elation for Nietzsche. And that spirit of love and elation, being in love with life and mm-hmm. the idea that he has finally found himself, I think it is not a coincidence that he comes up with this um, idea of naturalization in this book, how important is, it is to translate yourself back into nature because he finally feels that he's a body again, you know, yes. and that body and spirit can be one or are even one. And that is certainly something that you don't feel when you are in a deep depression. Yeah. If it, then it's that you feel so, so disconnected from yourself. And I think in this book, Coming out of the depression, he 
he becomes, um, yeah, he feels connected again to himself and to the world. And yeah, he's, he's very hopeful and joyful. Yeah, I, I don't know. I love the book. I love oh, the spirit. Oh, me too. It's the one I've read the, the most. It's it's just yeah? broken. Yeah. yeah, my um, my whole um, gay science is just <laughs> falling apart because I've read it so many times. It yeah, is yeah, probably no, the most joyous book I've read yeah. of Nietzsche, um, and and it is a favorite. But like you, I read um, Beyond Good and Evil first, and yeah. um, that's good. It's a good introduction too. But gay science is something about it, as you said. The spirit is yeah. so. Um, I don't know. That's where I find my nature. That where I feel closest yeah. to him is in that book. Yeah. So you're... yeah, because of the vivacity, I think absolutely. It's just yeah. gorgeous. So what was the main thesis? Um, your argument in your thesis on the gay science, if you can remember what your um, <laughs> yes. I know. I, ha- I hate it when people well, ask me. <laughs> uh, I, no, he, he says in 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 the Wagner, you fall Mediterranean la musique. Mm-hmm. And my claim is that he says the same of philosophy. In fact, you fall Mediterranean la philosophie. Yeah. yeah. And so one have to become Mediterranean. One has to go to the south uh, to actually. Um, perpetrate I would say the the revaluation of all values um, to change your perspective and I mean not just change really transform it um, and, and that what is, is what he calls for in the prefaces the 1887 mm-hmm. prefaces uh, when he says that we, we have a, an Aufgabe he has an Aufgabe and all good Europeans has, have this Aufgabe to enlarge themselves and enlarging themselves, actually transforming yourself into a multicultural being by going to the South. So you have to deliberately put your Northern values at stake and um, mix them with some Southern elements, things that you've learned in the South. So you have to take on a a learning attitude, a cosmopolitan learning attitude, uh, and, and go elsewhere to another culture, uh, an, an unknown culture. Eh? You really have to go to into das, das Fremde. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's a kind of revival of this, this uh, classicist idea of the uneignung des Fremden. You have to try to make that which is strange, really strange, your own. And then when you master that, you have to try to contend the master, uh, Wagner in this case, obviously. Uh, so that's also why he tried music again. To, uh, yeah. So it's on the one hand, you have to, to learn. It, it is also much in the spirit of what, what Goethe tried to do. Goethe also tried to write operas after he had heard the Zauberfleute from Mozart. He decided he wanted to uh, write uh, music. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and he did, actually. So, and what he tried to do in his uh, music was to ita- um, Italianize the German singspiel. And wow. I think that is exactly what Nietzsche tries to do in his, uh, the verses that precede the gay science, but also in the poems after that. And I apply that actually to his whole philosophy. So I approach his philosophy from that perspective that he uh, tries to Italianize the German spirit. And he try he applies that to himself, to his 
his own person, uh, his thinking, his mind, basically, and the values that he that sort of conduct or, or steer the mind. Yeah. So would you say he's trying to become more playful, perhaps? Or? Oh yes. Yeah. Oh, certainly. Yeah. I mean, the whole book is about lightness. That's what appeals mm. so much, I think, to you and to me. Uh, it's trying to get rid of the Geistierschwer and uh, to evoke a kind of lighter spirit, mm. but to replace it with a lighter spirit. So it's, it's really about becoming lighthearted where you are heavy. Uh, let the dark, cloud, uh, dark clouds evade fade and uh, let the sun come in you know all these kind of uh, motives are in that book so yeah i think that is what the, the whole naturalization thing is also about that you know and, uh, except that we are bodily and the body is lustful and joyful and uh, wants to sing and to dance uh, and to connect with the world and this sensitive and sensual, uh, Goethean sensualism. Uh, we should not forget about Goethean sensualism when Nietzsche says in the Amalfati aphorism, uh, cogito ergo sum ergo cogito, cogito ergo sum. It's like the sum first and then the cogito, you know. Uh, it's the senseless, the mm -hmm. sensual approach to life from Goethe that Nietzsche learned a lot from. I think that is really a foundation of Nietzsche's gay science, or maybe the foundation. But, but let me be more modest, a foundation. <laughs> yeah. And people think that he didn't, that his love of Bizet is not real, his love of Carmen. That's not true. Really? I actually believe that Nietzsche's love of Carmen, yeah, he saw Carmen in Genoa for the first time. So the first time when he was in Genoa sets the tone for the whole book. Yeah. I think that is really the kind of music that appeals to him. The, I, I really believe, I'm convinced, and I've tried to show that in my uh, dissertation, which is, which is many years later published as Nietzsche Wagner Europe, or was published in 2013, but um, that, that Nietzsche's love of Wagner, of course he loved Wagner, and he wanted to love Wagner, but his real spirit, Loved Carmen and Bizet later yeah. on, not at that time because he didn't know that music at that time as yet. But that was really what where he was, so to speak. And that's what motivated him too, just like Goethe was motivated by Mozart's Italian operas, uh, was motivated to, um, to try music again. And I think that it's from that perspective also that we need to look at his, uh, the German rhymes that uh, that precede uh, the gay science. Now, I, I consider that to be a kind of libretto after the spirit of Goethe's uh, operas. And of course, it's not a real libretto, but if you read it from the fact that he tried to sort of follow Goethe, I, I try to avoid the term imitate, mm -hmm. because Nietzsche, of course, says after Goethe also that you have to follow your own bahn your own day, <laughs> your own path, yeah? Be a man and follow your own path. Um, yeah, but that is a lesson that he learns also from Goethe and that appeals to him. 
And that's what he's trying to do with, with Peter Gast, eh? Maestro Pietro Gasti. Uh, yeah, so he, tr he tries to become a kind of tandem and work with, with uh, Gast and have all Gast's operas performed, etc. But, well, of course, that never happened. Uh, <laughs> but I'm interested in the attempt uh, that he... Uh, gets the idea like, okay, uh, Wagner, that is finished. And Wagner was, I mean, died in 83, so it was a bit later, but... Uh, and uh, yeah, the, he thought, okay, I'm gonna do it myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 